Hello and welcome to the most highly anticipated sequel in podcast history. Well, I think so anyway. Back in January 2020, I had the immense pleasure of sitting down and chatting to two Sun Hill legends, Sally Rogers and Chris Simmons. At the time of recording, Chris had just finished working on Hollyoaks and Sally on Cold Feet, and they were just about to embark on a very exciting theatre production, with Chris starring in Sally's debut play, The Still Room. Little did we know at the time just how much was going to change in the world in a couple of months with the coronavirus outbreak and national lockdown. But after two years of perseverance and patience by these talented creatives, including former The Bill director Nigel Douglas, The Still Room finally makes its debut at the Park Theatre in London, that's right next to Finsbury Park Station, on June the 1st. The show is on until June the 25th, and you can book tickets now at parktheatre.co.uk. So to celebrate, I've dusted off parts two and three of their podcast from the archives, and you're in for an absolute treat as they discuss The Still Room in more detail and plenty of Sun Hill memories, which is where we kick off in part two. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the return of two legends. You know, it looked amazing. Yeah. If you look, watch the last couple of years visually, it looked phenomenal. It was a little bit mysterious as far as Sally and I have been on it. When it's been in a lot more doldrums periods, where you're thinking, "Oh, good now, have you read this? <laughs> Jeez, I've got to say, you know what I mean." Yeah, yeah. But but not towards <laughs> that, not towards the end. So that was the only thing that surprised me. So I think, unless I've got it wrong, it was more of a financial. It was more yeah. of a you it's know expensive to yes. make, wasn't it? Yeah, Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. The big old family to feed. Honestly, the warehouse that we filmed it in was huge, was huge. And you'd go into that canteen in the morning and it was just, it was, a, it was, it was bursting at the seams, you know. Yeah, to the point of the Christmas parties, you'd never talk to everybody. You'd never, it's just, it's just it was just too big, you know. I went to Germany with the bill to, to, to film an episode. Yeah, which was great. Soko Leipzig, yeah, yeah. 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 And with one of the writers there, I got really friendly with him. He's now a consultant at Hollyoaks. Oh. And he phoned up and said, would you be interested in this part? And, and um, again, it was all about the part. The part was one, like, I got offered a part on Hollyoaks a few years before, but it, it was to play a paedophile for a long time. And it was too, it, my, my head couldn't get around it. But this, this part was uh, just a very charismatic, disgusting racist, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just says all the right things, touches your, you know, just, t- you know, makes you, charms the life out of you, just says the odd thing that makes you go, bloody hell, did he really just say, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And grooming. So when I read that, similar to like Sal's, you know, I read thinking, oh, this is a dream role. This is an mm. absolute dream role. They didn't want the, the panto villain. They oh, wanted no. him to move in and be absolutely lovely, but it's just slowly brainwashing you, you know? So mm. I just thought, wow, that's really great. I love how still you were in the park. Yes. I mean, that, that, because it's hard to do, isn't it, as an actor? When you're saying some pretty outrageous things, I'd be so still. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because you're not a still guy, are you? No, not at all, not at all. Oh, thank you. My agent said that about all or nothing. He said, you've got a... He said, for someone who's so like this, you really know how to contain it when you need to contain it. I was like, ah, that's great. And do absolutely nothing, yeah, because it's not my natural thing to talk. No. I'm normally like all over the place. For me, it's all about, you know, don't get me wrong, we've all got to pay the bills and we're all working actors and, you know, and the bill was wonderful. But my goodness, the first thing for me now in my 40s is always the part. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's the part of, you know, oh, what's the, you know, you can't wait to say, come and see this, come and see this. You know, it's a really great, you know, 
and others, I guess you just do, don't you? You just, you know, don't get me wrong, I still feel like I'm lucky enough to work and be offered work. And, 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 and some jobs you just think, yeah, well, you'll do it, but you just sort of switch off a bit creatively and, mm. you know, you know. And I still get a little bit thingy with casting sometimes, and I love casting directors, it's nothing specific against them, but sometimes, sometimes, some actors can do one thing, and then other actors sometimes, you think, well, just where is he from? Don't worry, I'll go and learn to, do you know what I mean? And I'll come and try and make it, Sometimes, unless you're in a unless you're in that absolute elite, where they give you opportunity to do anything you want yeah. because you're so elite. Sometimes it's like, if I could, if I could say one thing to the business, it's like lots of act, lots of different actors can do different things, but you've got to give them a chance. You've just seen them do yeah. that thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A phenomenal performance you gave in that EastEnders Christmas special. Oh yeah. I mean that because we're talking. See what I mean about squirming? Look, the head will just come back up through her neck any second, and there it is. I told you. If you want Sally's crypt tonight, look. If you want, (laughs) that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Exceptional. Thank you. I worked with a director on Hollyoaks called Toby Fro, who directed directed Uh, Sally's episodes and couldn't speak highly of her. Thinking she was very, very classy, and all her choices were just like thought out, truthful, and that's it. Yeah, well, Toby had rehearsed it yeah. and wanted to shoot it like a small film, really. Yeah. That, that mm. we were able to rehearse it because it, he was smart actually, because we were on a roof at one a.m. Yeah. in November. It was no joy there at all. Yeah, very calm, wasn't he, Toby? Yeah, yeah. The right director for that. Sort yeah, of, you yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. What was the telly you grew up watching? Was there anything that what inspired you both to want to actually... Because you're both brilliant TV actors. Not everyone can do it, can they? He's acting on stage, he's acting on screen. Was there anything or anyone that inspired you both growing up to want to do what you do? God, I don't know. I mean, I cut my teeth admiring Bond girls, you know. I do. I love it. it. Yeah, just... If I I ever go swimming, I have to pretend I'm a Bond girl in order to do any lengths. (laughs) <laughs> to motivate myself so what <laughs> don't tell anyone that oh okay. yeah <laughs> who's your favourite the one in the bikini that has the knife down her Ursula yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean Connery yeah, yeah. yeah I met Sean Connery once did you really yeah wow and he said to me uh, hey Chris <laughs> and he spent some time in car <laughs> 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 he said uh Fuck, I forgot the joke. <laughs> come back, come back to it. One of my favourite ever movies is Cats. So all those black and white kitchen sink movies had a tremendous effect on me. The the realism and the naturalism of that acting. But then I, I really wrestle with that as a style because sometimes I watch acting and think, well, my mum could do that. You know, for me, great acting is naturalism, but just with a kiss of something interesting on the top of that, Um, which is why I love character roles, because you can just have those little idiosyncrasies and, you know, just the things that make it really interesting to watch. Yeah. Like the character that Sally's got me into play, you know, just how to make not all the obvious choices, yeah. you know, because he's mm. with flirting with the idea of giving him a stammer yeah. and, you know, with just without, you know, blah, 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 but, you know, just how just gently it can be put on and how if you get something like that wrong for an audience, that's all they'll see throughout the whole yeah. show. Yeah. Fucking hell, that wasn't, didn't that, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just got to be so... But then that's the joy of um, 
rehearsing it with somebody like Nigel and you know well I've brought five of these if you don't like any of them we'll try something else and just yeah. keep going yes I like that one and, and slipping it into something and making it natural yeah. without anyone noticing that's the, there's that's a, there's the a story and I, that I hope this is right but I think Anthony Hopkins did Pravda on, on stage anyway he just decided that his character was quite bullish and so he explored the animal physically within him and was left just with occasionally he'd just do that with his foot just oh, wow. like a ball who's about to you know so just that little minute so n- probably no one in the audience would know that yeah, but yeah. just that you know yeah. thing and likewise michael bryant did with yeah. the willows and in the rehearsal room you know this i was a wonderful choreographer that used to be at the national called jane gibson and she was like oh no no, no you know we're all going to stay back and we're going to move like badgers and you know let's see how a badger moves and apparently michael bryant just walked out going badgers move like me see <laughs> see you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so it's either for you or it's not for yeah. you we buzz off of that don't we i mean yeah. i remember saying to chris i'm gonna real this is a really exquisitely detailed character part that i've giving you and he just went load me up Sal load me up you know it's just like either that you thrive on that or yeah. you don't where did you first get the bug uh, just from school really I don't remember like um I used to absolutely love Christopher Reeve in Superman when I was really little but I think that was just being a boy being a boy and loving you know I remember the three baddies Terence Stamp thinking oh wow this is amazing I wrote to Jim will fix it to see. Uh, thank fuck he didn't answer. But I wrote. I wrote to Jim will fix it to see to see uh, Superman's ice home from Superman Two. There was this beautiful built, you know. But I think it, mine was just a bit a, a bit cliche, but just a lovely, lovely drama school teacher who was a bit bonkers and people didn't really get her, but I got her and mm. she got me and she was just wonderful with me, absolutely wonderful, and just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and you know slowly, gently he was saying to me, you know, you could do it as a living, you know. I was like, what really? And then for about uh, I left school at sixteen and went on to work on the river with my dad, and it was just like it was interesting, but you know. I did. I lasted nine months of a five-year apprenticeship, and you got trained in all these different departments on the river. I was thinking, oh man, this ain't for me. I couldn't even throw a rope over a bollard. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> to tie the shit, to tie the boats up and stuff. I was just shit at everything. So I left it. I was going to go back to school and do A levels and, and and drama, and then go to university. But I went to an audition for a drama school, and that lovely teacher helped me through two audition speeches you know so she got me she virtually got me right into drama school as well you know to the to the point of i did exactly what she told me to and that's what got me into drama school which was the, so that's how sort of I, how i got into it yeah similar for you well i'm from a family of on one heart my father's side of the family are show-offs and then my mother's side of the family they're very gentle so her father my grandfather on that side was a quiet poet and on the other side, my dad's dad used to be like in the pub and used to, you know, do things like games where you've got to jump up the wall and draw a tr- chalk mark. You know, the more pints you had, the higher you could jump and that all crawl through the back of it. You know, there were like weird stuff. So that, so that was always around me, words and showing off. <laughs> and then I trained to be a children's nanny, actually. Didn't do any A-levels, left school. Again, this is what my play's about. Went to see the careers officer and said, oh, I think I want to travel. And, you know, I think there's more than where I am. And he just said, well, you need to be a nanny then. Then you can get a job, you know. Off I went, trained to be a nanny. And after the first year in the summer, I went to work for this Jewish family. And the 
chap I was working for, he sat me down and he just went, you're way too smart to do this. What do you really want to do? And I literally went, Ooh. I hadn't even finished my course. I was just doing, you know, he just said, well, go home and be one. Wow. Yeah. It was really weird, the permission to mm. do that. So then I came back and my incredible father, I said, right, I'm not going to be a nanny anymore. I've changed my mind. And he went, if you don't finish this course, you'll never finish anything in your life. So I finished the course. The nanny course? Yeah. Wow. And then I started to was apply that, for drums. Was that Jewish guy who said that to you, was that touching on that class thing probably. where you needed someone else to go? Probably. Well, like people like us didn't really do it, did we? Yeah. You know, I lived in Scratchy Old Stockport. It felt a zillion miles away from London. I didn't know anyone who was an actor. Yeah. You know, my child now sees all these funny, sexy, witty humans come through this house. Yeah. You know, I didn't know any actors. Yeah. I just didn't know yeah. any. Yeah. So for him now, he could easily access that world in a way yeah. that I just didn't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what happened next once you... I Well, then I realised I was going to need A-levels to get, into, to get a grant. So I went into Manchester to do my A-levels and started to do more drama courses. I mean, I'd done a couple of plays at school. I'd done my drama O-level. It was the only O-level I'd enjoyed. You know, you know when you pulled towards it, but it wasn't certainly wasn't part of my journey. And, you know. Both of you had, early in your television careers, well, guest parts in the bill. So what do you remember from going in as a guest I mean, for you, you had a cracking guest part yeah. in, in Lola. That, that was a dream part. I, I, I had a cough and a spit in it before that as well, where literally I must have had like three lines. And, uh, and I remember being such a boy and I remember looking up at Leslie Grantham, Chris Ellison, Mark Wingett, you know, these huge big heavyweights that you've seen on TV for years. And I think I robbed, I think I, I robbed one of their houses. Or, or I burgled Denise Van Outen's house. And I just remember you just didn't feel <coughs> part of it at all. You know, you literally... <coughs> You know, so such on the edge of it, aren't you? But more, but with that other guest part, with that Lola part, that was like a, I got close to Lisa Gagan. It was me and her all the time. I was conning her all the time. So you know, you did. Is this your guest part? Yes. So how, she did. How many episodes did you do? It was only one, but I was in it all the way through it. Yeah. And uh, I was locking. I was trafficking girls, I believe, yeah. from Holland, and and locking them under this cellar. And Lisa, I just kept. Uh, sidestepping her all the time and she eventually got me didn't she and because she's a lovely lady Lisa she just sort of let me into their world a little bit so I did see a little bit of it then you know if you cut you down the middle if you're a sticker rock it would say decent human being but you play really dark people a lot don't you troubled flawed people yeah yeah and it is true as well when they say that the, the more interesting you know if you go on to something as a family and as a da-da-da, you mm. just sort of, mm. you know, whereas for me, to whip in and whip out and do something yeah. horrible and cause a stir and get out, you know. I loved Hollyoaks, I loved it. Mm. But that was my time on it. I was totally, you know, yeah. it, was, it was a wonderful time for me. And it, and it had a start and it had a middle and it had an end and I knew where they all were and I was happy with all of them, you know. Mm. Your first guest in the bill. Well, you had to remind me because I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, Tom Tom Butcher comes to see you in your flat yeah. uh, because you've been arguing with your prostitute husband. <laughs> no, uh, uh, a housewife. Oh, yeah. And um, you you deny that there's been any arguing, even though there's broken plates everywhere and all that. And then the late great Kevin Lloyd comes back, and you've got a black eye. You've been. Was uh, that end of part one? Or <laughs> <the> part <laughs> yeah. <two? laughs> 
And, uh, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> All I remember is, you know the, the actor Jason Fleming? His yeah. father was a director on Gordon the Fleming. Gordon Fleming. And I remember going in for the interview. He said, oh, you know my son. And then as I was leaving, he followed me out and he went, well done. I thought that was really classy. Because he oh. said he could tell I thought I hadn't got it. So he came out to just let me know. Don't worry, you oh, know. This went nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But this is my favourite story of auditioning for the bill. Uh, well, I was a living Clapham or somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, I've been out of yeah. Just, yeah, not for Joe Masters. This is for another part. Been out of work for like a good six months. Really struggling. Really struggling. And in the old days, you used to walk in and people would go, "So, what have you been up to?" That was the opening gambit. So, if you hadn't been up to anything, it's just hell mm. on earth. So I remember thinking, I'm going to blag this. Yeah. I'm going to say I've been working on a play. And I'm going to say that it's about thinking, I've got to think about, you know, the themes in case they ask me that. And I'll say where it is. And uh, or I'll be careful about who the director is because they might know, did a little, you know, bloody Walter Mitty. Anyway, I set off, managed to get to the tube. It had clearly been pouring down. Came out of the underground. Is it Southmore? What's the... Is it South Wimbledon? Um, again, it had been pouring down. Managed to race to the bus stop. Poured again. Absolutely torrential rain. Then it stopped again and I managed to get into the offices of the bill. And then I could hear it started again. Hammer, hammer, hammer. Got my thing in my head. A little, uh, right, this is the thing I've been doing. You know, all about separation and loss and... Uh. Walked in and the director went, hi, isn't the weather terrible? That wasn't my cue. My cue was going to be, what have you been doing? <laughs> and so I just went, yeah, I got soaked. I was dry as a boat. <laughs> and then I went, and I dried off in the toilet. And then I remember there's no hand dryer. It was just paper towels. And then I went, in a pub down the road. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing Shut, shut up. Just shut up. And then he picked up my CV and he was like, oh, brilliant CV, what's your favourite job? What? I've got a whole backstory in my head. <laughs> Learned a lesson that day. Yeah. Stick to the truth. And yeah. never be ashamed of, being say, of saying, mate, I am in the wilderness here. Yeah, yeah. You know, because being unemployed, that's part of it. Yeah. There's no shame in it. No oh, shame. When, they, when it came out recently with the lady from EastEnders or something, oh, yeah. it's like, fuck off. Yeah. People need to work. It's just yeah. simple. People need to pay bills. I love it, the fact that when, I think something happened in America as well recently where they saw one of the guys from Different Strokes or something working in a supermarket. And then the nice thing, the, the, the happy ending is all the actors come out yeah. and, and are posting up themselves, you know, saying it's just everybody needs to work. Yeah. And I think somebody ended up giving that guy a job. One actor got him onto a, a Netflix show and gave him like, you know, seven or eight episodes or something. It's nice. like, yeah. it's nothing for an actor to, to not be out of work. No. The other audition story, it's a Sally story, actually, so I hope you don't mind me saying it. No. Just just give me the cut out if you, if you need to. So he was naked? No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it, it, was another, it was another one, which, could, which I thought when she told me could have gone one of two ways. It's when you went up for Hangmen. Yeah. And, and you did the audition, and it's one of them jobs where you just think, I saw Hangmen twice, and it's just a, it's just a dream job for any actor. I don't know if you know, it's the Martin McDonough play. And when I read the script, my heart was doing yeah. that. I've wow. never had that before reading a script. Yeah. Literally, oof, you know. Which can make you go one of two ways. Like we was just sort of joking about, you know, when you get into the room and your personality goes, see ya, and you're off, you're thinking, oh, and you're left again. Yeah. 
but you you know the actor in you overcomes it and you, you you do the best you can and then Sally did her audition piece got up thanked them walked to the end of the uh, room turned round and I might be paraphrasing this Sal but it was looked looked them in the eye went I would be absolutely wonderful in this role yeah. take care bye bye shut the door love it unbelievable isn't it sometimes you, you there's a little bit that goes and you're waiting, did it backfire? Or, but you know, if you do it in a classy way and you yeah. think that you've done all right, well, you might need to give them that little extra. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your version's better, but what I actually said was, was I really, really, really want to play this part. If That's you have it. any doubt that I can't play it, all I ask is that you bring me back. Yeah. Nice. And they yeah. did They did bring me back. Yeah, well, then yeah. you think, oh no, what am I going to do yeah. now? You know, I'll show you them all my tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing left in the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, but be yourself is probably yes. what we're saying. Yeah, you have yeah, to be yeah. yourself, otherwise you're just stuffed. Yeah. I had a musical audition maybe a year ago for Tenardio in the West End. And it's a little part that I absolutely know I could play. I'm slight, I can play weaselly type, this horrible, you know, I know the song, it's, it's in my key. I'm not a singer, but I know I can play that part, I just know. But I, I'm, I'm not a musical theatre guy, so I went to this musical theatre audition and completely the opposite of Sally. The audition just literally went and passed me by. I forgot the words and, you know. Oh, wow. And it's one of them ones where you think to yourself, you walked out and, you know, with hindsight, I'd love to have gone, I know this audition's passed me by, but I still 100% know I can absolutely nail mm. this part. I need a little I need a little bit more time. And I need, because I'm not musical theatre, it will take me yeah. slower to get, but I will nail the part when I get there. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. sort of like, you get, sometimes you get a, a, a slot of, I knew that I'd messed the audition up and, and I knew that they wouldn't give it to me on what I'd shown them. But the, the, the confidence in me, as I've gotten a little bit older, thinking, I still know I can nail that part, you know. Mm. So, but you get the window of three minutes, five minutes, you know. It's so hard. It's so hard because I always think to myself, if you're a designer or, I mean, to some extent, a director, although they would argue with this thing, but, you know, or even a model, someone who opens their portfolio and you can guarantee when you open it, it will be the same as when you left your house. You you show, you know, what you can do. Mm. And yet for an actor, it's such a flipping yeah. roulette table yeah, of yeah. which bit of your courage will remain with you on that day. Yeah, yeah. And that's why a great director or producer in the room will find that in you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, Trudy Goodwin almost didn't go to the wooden top audition because she felt she wasn't right for it. Oh, wow. And Peter Crugine said as soon as she walked in, we all knew it was June. She had a quality, which truly couldn't recognise in herself, but to the point that she almost didn't go. Wow. And Andrew Paul got Quinnan going in to do one episode as a copper, just one, and in the interview, he just happened to say, any chance of a regular in this? Wow, wow. And they went, actually, what, Andy for Dave Quinnan? And then, like, you know, he's like, imagine if I hadn't... That turned into 13 years work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you got Hangman and part of an Olivier Award winning yeah. production, you know, yeah. and it's... Uh... I think I think you just know when you want to fight for it. Yeah. But sometimes the fight can just look... Yeah. Carl Collins 
gave me some great advice. He says, just as you're getting older, and you, I do I do it much more now. I wouldn't have done it in that musical audition because I was a bit like that. I was so out of my comfort zone in a musical audition. Yeah, it's not my yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But now, Carl's just like that. He said, I won't leave the room unless I'm happy. He said, I will not leave the room. He said, I'll completely take control of it in a very charming, genuine way, but I will take control of it. If I'm not happy, he said, I'm, I'm, he doesn't even ask them very lovely and gently. He's like, I'm going to do that again for you because I know that blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, he, they're, they're under his spell. So yeah. he's turned wow. it around. But I guess some Something like that, you don't, you know, in your twenties and maybe thirties, you, you know, you're still a, you know, yeah. you've got. A, I think that's something that only comes with a bit of cliched age and experience, where you can go. I oh, know I can do that better. I'm not going to walk out going, wow, why didn't I? You know, you've got a. Nigel Douglas was saying to me that you get a lot of young actors now. They come in, they've got a big bottle of water, they've got their backpack, they've got their script. Down it goes, off it comes. You know, and he's thinking. Right, we've, yeah. we've, you've used up now yeah, yeah. one of the four minutes that we've put aside, you know, and yeah, even yeah. that, it's like hitting the triple jump board, isn't it? You've got to just... Yeah. Ralph Brown went to audition <sighs> yeah. for Whipnail and I dressed as Danny Vadila, did all his nails it, and yeah. his straggly hair. You've got one shot, haven't you, to go in yeah. and just... Yeah, I'm go never in. sure about that. I'm never sure. My, Do you... I'm never sure. Like that in my boots here that story. <laughs> yeah, really? I'm never sure. Well, a little bit. And then you see ten of them all dressed the same, and thinking, "Oh yeah. fuck, we all look the same." <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I ne- I'm never sure whether that's you know. I heard that Mel Gibson literally got pissed for 48 hours before he auditioned for Mad Max and fell asleep in the gutter, and he stank, and he went in there, and he was just all over the place. So you know, and they were like, ah, "That's Mad Max." Whether that's true or not, that's you know. But yeah, it's true. I mean, that's it. He, he stank the room out. You know, he's still handsome enough and charming enough to you know, slept in the same clothes and. Wow. How was your Mickey Webb audition? I, I did it with Billy Murray. Wow. It was a bit of a character in himself, Billy Murray. And uh, I didn't know whether he would have any say, but what, I remember Billy said to me, he said, I went in and pitched for you after we did it. He said, because you was the only one, I don't know whether it's, this is just Billy, and uh, he said, you was the only one when we were doing it, he said, you never ever broke eye contact with me and you was the only one that wasn't scared of me. And the others, I could tell when I was doing my bit, he said they were a little bit, you know, and he said, but you just held my... Uh, which I thought was lovely of him. Hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Held his lines. Was <laughs> <laughs> that uh, plane? Huh? Um, but he was. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I remember. I remember afterwards as well. <laughs> there, there was. There was. A... <laughs> and I've still got the con. <laughs> But I remember afterwards there was a there was a there was a really ginger guy and a really dark haired guy who had gone in. So they were it was obviously whatever they wanted to. Right. Do you know what I mean? And and yeah, that was it. But um, <laughs> but you thing. found with a screen test, it was I don't know about whether it was with you, Sal. But when, when I was one of the last ones going to the bill, it was one in one out. One guy had left, and I'd gone in. And it's like you film a scene, and I love doing it that way because it wasn't an audition. You didn't have that awkward little, you know, what's my personality going to do? Is it going to naff off? Am I going to charm? Am I going to have enough time? We rehearsed a scene. You 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 put a scene together, so oh, you got the chance. Yeah. Wow. And then the scene gets sent up to the. Um, the boss, the boss, <laughs> yeah, the agents, the, state, the, the news agents, <laughs> the, uh, um, and then they obviously do it from there, which I found was a much nicer way of, um, yeah. That's why I quite like the self tape. So I don't know why you've because you you will put across yeah. the best thing. Well, you can sign it off at least, can't you? You can sign it off, yeah, but you also don't get to go in and be you know daft or silly or charming. Yeah. They don't get to see you, but they get to see what you can do. 
There's more to come from that interview recorded back in January 2020. Apologies for the occasional microphone rattle as I hovered between those two legends. And it's just dawned on me whilst editing this updated version that that was the last time I interviewed anyone in person for the podcast, not on Zoom. So much has changed for us all over the last two and a half years. I'm so pleased that The Still Room is finally making its debut at the Park Theatre. The amount of passion that Sally, Chris, director Nigel Douglas and the rest of the cast and creatives have for this production, I cannot begin to imagine how much it must mean to them that on June the 1st, the play will finally be seen by audiences. And I hope that you will join me in supporting the legends and seeing the play. It's on between June the 1st and June the 25th, and you can visit parktheatre.co.uk to book your tickets. There's more gold dust to come in part three of this eagerly anticipated trilogy between two Sunhill legends, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, take very good care of yourselves. Thanks for all your support. Bye for now. Hello, this is Ben Payton, and you have been listening to The Bill Podcast. Produced and presented by Oliver Crocker. Co-produced by Ben Adams, Sarah Kuyper, Alex Mockler and Simon Wolfe. Executive produced by Ben Ashmore, Daniel Christopher, Alana Dewar, Andrew Dyack, Paul Dunn, Dan Evans, George Fairbrother, Stuart Gibbon, Luke Hegarty, Edward Kellett, James Ladane, Lucy McNeil, Stuart and Jen Morris, Claire Norbury, Justin Pitt, Tom Sherrington, Angel Stannard, Patrick Stratford, Sarah Went and Michael Weil. Brought to you in association with georgefairbrother.com and Misty Moon Events. Signed copies of Oliver Crocker's book, Witness Statements, are available from devonfirebooks.com. Yeah.